I'm Jay Clark with Clark Ranch in Brownwood, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Thanks so much for taking time to join us for another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, many Texas farmers are concerned about getting their spring crops planted because of dry weather. But they're having exactly the opposite problem in Northeast Texas. They can't get a corn crop in because it's too wet. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. We're still hoping that changing weather patterns will bring the Texas High Plains out of the drought this year, but farmers might want to go about their business as if our dry conditions will linger. I'm James Hunt and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Eligible Texas rice farmers can soon apply for funding assistance through USDA's rice production program, covering crops impacted by weather during the 2022 crop year. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have more details just ahead on Texas Ag Today. This is James Duncan from East Texas, and in this part of the world, the weather and livestock shows take up a good bit of our time, plus it's planting time. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Farmers out in West Texas are praying for more rain to help get their spring crops planted. But in Northeast Texas, it's a whole different story. Farmers there are struggling to get corn in the ground because of steady weekly rains. Scott Bourne farms south of Dallas in Ellis County. He says the weekly rains are constantly slowing him down. Well, we started trying to plant some corn about the 28th of February, and we planted a couple of days, and it rained. And It's rained about every Thursday around okay. here this year. <laughs> They're calling for it again Thursday night into Friday, but it'll probably be about the sixth Thursday in a row maybe that it's rained. We're probably planting more corn than normal because it was too wet to get most of our wheat in, so we're going to have more corn instead, and then we've had trouble getting it in on time. Bourne says it's been a stop-and-start pattern throughout the last month. I've got two planters, and it's until yesterday, we didn't even have both of them going because there wasn't enough dry spots to be worth running them both. We'd just kind of dry here, do a little bit, dry there, do a little bit. And just, but we're we're more than halfway to what we want to get planted. You know, I guess half of it's going to be kind of on the late side. The crop insurance deadline for corn in Bourne's area is April 15th, so that doesn't leave much time to get the other half of his crop in the ground. And he's not real excited about planting this late. 
But at this point, he doesn't have any options, so he's going to get as much planted before the deadline as possible. Spring is here and horn flies are arriving back in cattle pastures. Horn flies are the most prominent fly on pasture cattle and they cost the cattle industry an estimated a billion dollars a year in losses. And that's because just that horn fly, they attack the cattle with a piercing mouthpiece. And those painful bites are causing stress and blood loss. And cattle are obviously less productive. So you see decreased feed efficiency, which can lead to decreases in weight gain. Um, plus, you know, flies carry diseases. That's Raina Lewis. She's a Texas representative for Central Life Sciences. She says your fly control program needs to start right now. And there are several ways to attack horn flies during the summer. One method is with a feed-through product called Altacid IGR. Altacid IGR is a feed-through insect growth regulator for cattle on pasture. It's designed to interrupt the horn fly life cycle. It's included in a feed product and once consumed, it passes through cattle and into their manure where that female fly is laying her eggs and prevents adult flies from emerging. Check with your local feed dealer for products that contain Altacid IGR. We are supposed to be transitioning from the dry La Nina weather pattern into a more friendly El Nino pattern this year. But James Hunt tells us farmers may want to plan for more dry weather until that change actually happens. We've been hearing from weather forecasters for a while now that we could be experiencing better rains sometime this year, but it hasn't happened yet. And agronomist Russell French is encouraging Texas High Plains farmers to prepare for spring planting as if things will be staying dry a while longer. I think growers still need to be looking at good drought management strategies when it comes to crop selection and plant populations, planting dates. Just take a look at all these factors and continue to practice like it's not going to rain soon. And as he gives that advice, French recites an old refrain. You know, the old Midwest saying, plant in the mud, your crops are dead, and plant the dust, your bins will bust. Well, hope that'll happen this year because uh, I've seen some really good years where we plant when it's dry in the spring. But if we start getting moisture later in the summer, July and August, we can have some really good crops if we do things right. Like many other analysts, French believes the market slump for cotton will mean fewer acres for that crop in our area this year, so he expects this season's winners to be irrigated corn and dry land grain sorghum. If we do get some rain, you know, May, June, uh, you're going to see a lot of sorghum go in, a lot of dry land grain sorghum will go in on these failed wheat acres. In recent years, we've seen more and more of our local crops going to silage. And with water management in mind, French offers this insight for those planting corn. We found that planting into June for silage is a good strategy under limited irrigation because we push that peak water use back farther into the summer, back into August, when typically our evapotranspiration rates are lower here in West Texas. That was Russell French with French Agronomics in Amarillo. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas rice farmers have some financial assistance coming soon. Tom Nicoletti takes a look at the one-time program approved by Congress. Texas rice producers impacted by natural disaster weather events last year can soon apply for a one-time assistance program to be offered by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Here is USDA's Farm Service Agency Administrator, Zach Ducheneau. 
as we navigated through the reality of 2022's extreme number of weather-related disasters was that rice producers had some needs that typical risk management tools didn't quite meet. The funding assistance comes as a result of the Rice Production Program passed by Congress. So it'll be $250 million to rice producers across the country to help mitigate those impacts. Now, there are eligible types of rice, and those types are short, medium, and long-grain rice, which includes temperate, japonica, and sweet rice reported as planted or being prevented planted. Industrial and wild rice are not eligible for this particular program. The RPP is similar to the Emergency Relief Program, as a pre-filled form will be mailed to eligible rice farmers. The actual start-up date for the rice production program will occur in the coming weeks, with details published in the Federal Register. Texas rice producers need to visit their local farm service agency offices to fill out compliance forms. Eligible producers must have reported a shared interest in an eligible type of rice planted or prevented from being planted in crop year 2022 by the acreage reporting deadline. More information about the rice production program is available at local farm service agency offices. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The weather and livestock shows are the big topics of discussion right now in East Texas. James Duncan has an update from Marshall. In East Texas, every time we have visited recently, been weather, weather, weather. Well, it hadn't changed much because the last time we were here, we've had storms since then. Now, they did not do quite the amount of damage that the earlier ones did, but it still put a lot of moisture in the ground in the creeks and in the lakes, which we're all proud of to see those stock ponds refill now up to the brim and running over the spillway in most areas. That means that the grass has got plenty of moisture. We've been a little late getting our fertilizer out on those hay meadows, but still that thing, we think that will work to our advantage as we move forward in the spring to get ready to start that first cutting of hay Normally, we get a first cutting of hay latter part of April 1st of May, and then it goes on from there. This year, it should really be good all the way through if we maintain that moisture in the summertime. As I said earlier, livestock shows are one of the things that we love in East Texas. We have just completed this week uh, the big one here in Harrison County, where we had over a $500,000 junior livestock sale when it was all wrapped up. Scholarships given out. We love these programs to see our young people advance on to the colleges and universities of Texas to better themselves and to help improve the possibility of a future in agriculture. It's all important for all of us because as the old saying used to be, if you're eating, you're involved in agriculture. That was a bumper sticker from days gone by. Hope you enjoy just a little bit of that memorabilia. I'm James Duncan reporting from East Texas. Wild turkey hunting season opens up for additional Texas counties in a few days. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And we're just beginning the breeding season for spring calving beef cows. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
As planting season begins across the country, the American Seed Trade Association reminds farmers to follow the basic steps for seed treatment stewardship. Follow directions on seed container labeling. Eliminate weeds in the field prior to planting. Minimize dust by using advanced seed flow lubricants. Be aware of honeybees and hives located near the field. Ensure that any spilled seeds are removed or covered by soil to protect wildlife and the environment. And remove all treated seed left in equipment. For more information, visit seed-treatment-guide.com or contact your seed dealer. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. We are just beginning the breeding season for spring calving beef cows. Dr. Bob Judd says it's important to know how many bulls you need. Mark Johnson indicates at Drovers.com that the first goal of the breeding season is to get the cows bred as quickly as possible, meaning early in the breeding season. This results in more calves born early in the calving season next year and shorter breeding and calving seasons. Also, calves are older at weaning and weigh more due to age, which makes them more profitable. The typical beef calf gains on average about 2 pounds per day until weaning. So a calf that is born from breeding on the first heat cycle versus the second cycle is approximately 21 days older and 40 pounds heavier. So to get these cows bred as quickly as possible, you need an adequate number of bulls that have been tested to be fertile this year. The age of the bull plays a role in the number of bulls required per the number of cows. A 12 to 15 month old bull should only be expected to breed 12 cows in a timely manner, while an 18 month old bull should be able to breed up to 18 females, and a 24 month old bull should be able to breed 25 females in a timely fashion. Older bulls up to six years old should be able to breed up to 35 females. So for the first two years, a good rule of thumb is that the age in months of the bull is the number of cows that the bull can breed in a timely manner. And a timely matter is important. Although a young bull could eventually get 40 cows bred, it would extend the breeding season, which is not what we want to do. Another factor that plays a role in this is the fertility of the bull as checked by a fertility exam performed by your veterinarian. Although a bull may pass a fertility exam, there are degrees of fertility, and knowing this could be important, especially in young bulls. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Turkey season opens for additional Texas counties in a few days. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report. The spring turkey hunting season for the Rio Grande North Zone and the special one-bird bag limit area opens up April 1st. The Rio Grande South Zone is already open. According to the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, turkey hunters will have the most luck bagging a turkey in the Cross Timbers, Edwards Plateau, and South Texas eco-regions. Jason Harden, TPWD's wild turkey program leader, says much of the state had poor recruitment last spring and summer, but hunters should still expect to see quite a few two-year-old and older gobblers. Not having those jakes and jennies could actually make hunting a little bit better because juvenile hens typically don't put in a lot of nesting effort. So they're out there in the landscape distracting gobblers. So you ought to have a lot more opportunity for a harvest. Harden reminds hunters in the one turkey bag limit counties that they need to report their turkey harvest via My Texas Hunt Harvest. We are continuing to see an increase in the My Texas Hunt Harvest reporting. So we have mandatory harvest reporting in all of our East Texas counties and all of our counties with a one bird spring only season. So there are 10 counties from My 
Milan County down to Matagorda County that now have mandatory harvest reporting. You shoot your bird, you can report it on the Texas Parks and Wildlife website, on the turkey page, or a number of different locations, or you can download the My Texas Hunt Harvest app or any smart device and uh, report your harvest that way. One bird counties are Bastrop, Caldwell, Colorado, Fayette, Jackson, Lavaca, Lee, Milam, Wharton, and Matagorda. Again, turkey hunting for the Rio Grande North Zone and the One Bird Bag Limit area opens up April 1st. Eastern turkey season opens up April 22nd. Be sure to check the outdoor annual for this year's season dates and regulations. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It has been a strong week for the cattle market, and Thursday was no exception. Another sharply higher close in cattle futures, while the cotton market added to gains also. We'll check out all of Thursday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Cattle prices continue to climb this week. Thursday was no exception with higher prices across the board in the cattle futures complex. April live cattle gaining another $1.72 at $167.55. The June up $1.35 at $161. August up $0.90. On the feeder side, March feeder cattle up 95 cents, 192.40. The April up $1.70, 199.90. With May feeder cattle up $1.92, 204.45. Cash market really on fire this week. We set new highs for the year. Here in the South, we've sold cattle at 167. Up north, they've seen live sales for 168 for the most part. However, there is report of a sale out of Nebraska as high as 170. So the futures, along with the cash trade this week, seeing territory we haven't seen in a very long time. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. My friend Carl Herman and family. Have a sale every Wednesday there in Caldwell at Caldwell Livestock Commission Company. Carl, how did this week's sale turn out? You know, we had a good sale yesterday. Had over 500 head for 117 consigners and 44 buyers on a, a steady cow market and a higher calf market. Uh, we had over 100 uh, cows and bulls yesterday. Slaughter cows 40 to 108. Slaughter bulls 81 to 118. Starker cows 875 to 1400. And pairs 950 to 1350. On the calf side on the steers two to three weight steers brought 240 to 272 three to four weights 222 to 275 four to five weight steers brought 224 to 260 the five and six weights 206 to 237 six to seven weights 183 to 222 and the seven to eight weight steers 171 to 184 on the heifer side two to three weights 
two dollars to two forty three to four weights two oh four to two forty two four to five weights two oh five to two twenty seven five to six weight heifers one eighty three to two oh five six to seven weights one sixty to one seventy seven and the seven eight weight heifers one thirty five to one fifty overall really got a lot of good cattle uh uh good crowd on hand active buyers it was it was good yesterday good well tell everybody how to get involved to uh, be good again next wednesday Yes, sir. Uh, give me a call at 979-820-5349. Call the barn, 567-4119. If you're in the Giddings and surrounding area, call Max Ever at 540-8676. Carl, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you, Larry. And neighbor, thanks to you for listening to Walk in the Pens and me, Larry Marble, here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network as a part of Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now. Our lean hogs finished mixed on Thursday. April hogs dropped 32 cents, 76.45. The May up 32 at 84.75. Mixed close on Class 3 milk. Nearby March up a penny, 1807 100 weight, while April milk was down 9, 1941 100. Cotton and grains all positioning ahead of Friday morning's USDA prospective plantings report. That report out at 11 o'clock in the morning. As far as the closes go, corn was slightly lower, hard wheat slightly higher, soft wheat dropped lower. So a mixed trade as traders prepare for those USDA numbers to come out. May corn down a penny, 649 and a half. September corn down two and a half. At 576 and three quarters. July Kansas City wheat up a penny, 858 a bushel. July Chicago wheat down 11 and three quarters at 704 and a half. In the energy markets, May natural gas was down eight cents at 210. May West Texas crude up a dollar 33, 74.30 a barrel. The financial market slightly higher Thursday afternoon. The Dow up 95 points at 32,813. The Nasdaq up 69, 11,996. The S&P up 16 at 4,044. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.